Let's get it. This is my first YouTube video ever. I will be uploading starting next week, every Thursday at 7 p.m. So be on the lookout for that. For those of you that have followed my podcast, yes, I will still be uploading on Apple and Spotify, the audio version of this. But keep in mind, we will have visuals such as today, like mock drafts or going through certain articles or going through film to go along with this. So be sure to like and subscribe to this channel. On today's show, I will be giving you everything you need to know know when it comes to this week's NBA draft and offseason. We will be going through one of my favorite, favorite mock drafts. But before we get to any of that, I have not given my props to the 2022 NBA champion, Golden State Warriors. I predicted multiple times on TikTok this would not happen. And I could not have been more wrong. Golden State is the well-deserved champion, I, I must say. But damn, Jason Tatum. Damn. That's all I got to say, bro. 21 points on 37% shooting. What is that? I get that Al Horford wasn't there. I get that Derek White wasn't there. I get that Grant Williams wasn't there. All three of them did not do shit the entire series. I get that. I mean, game one, Al Horford played well. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. But basically, all three of them gave you nothing off the bench. And Ime Udoka could not even go to his bench because they were a minus 1,000 whenever that happened. I get all that. But Jason Tatum, you're an all-NBA player. You are an all-NBA player. I expect more of you. I don't care how old you are. I know you're only 24 years old. I swear to God, you've been in the league for 10 years. <laughs> but you have to be better as a first-team all-NBA to me. Uh, as a guy that is a Grizzlies fan that has 12 above my head right now, he looked like he should have taken your spot. Or even Steph Curry, speaking of Steph Curry, this was his best finals win of all time because this really cemented him in the top 10, in my opinion. Yes, I know everyone is saying, is he top 10? Is he not top 10? Yes, because of the finals MVP, he finally got that. That didn't mean anything to me. The finals MVP award is something people care about, I feel like, for two weeks out of the year. Nobody remembers who the finals MVP was three years ago or two years ago or even last year. It was Giannis Antetokounmpo, but you get what I'm saying. That's not a massive award to me. This was, Steph Curry was the best player on the court for pretty much every game outside of game five, and he was the sole reason Golden State won. Draymond did not play well for most of the series. Klay Thompson did not play well for most of the series. Andrew Wiggins was the second best player on that team. That's the crazy part about it. That's how great Steph Curry was. But Steph's performance did not only affect him and his team winning a championship, it also affected someone's legacy. If you go all the way to Brooklyn, Kevin Durant is hurting right now. I don't know if you've seen his Twitter lately, but he's been firing off shots to Charles Barkley and a bunch of randoms as he always does. And it's because he knows that this hurts his legacy. Bro, they've won a championship before you got there and now after you've gotten there. People are saying you're the guy in between Harrison Barnes and Andrew Wiggins, which is the farthest thing from the truth. I love Kevin Durant. He was the best player on those two teams. Granted, why he won two finals MVPs. As I just said, I don't care about that award but he was the best player on that team, okay? Kevin Durant is a fantastic player, but his legacy's hurting right now because he could win in OKC, he gets eliminated by the Warriors, he goes out to the Bay and plays with them for a few years. Now he's over in Brooklyn, 
and they're in shambles, and they don't look like they're winning a championship anytime soon. Kyrie Irving wants out of there. I don't know why specifically. They let him do whatever the hell he wants to do. He has barely played for that team. He didn't play in the bubble. Yes, he had the vaccine thing. I'm not going to get political about that. I don't care how you feel about the vaccine. I really don't. But I think he just tries to use anything as an excuse at this point to not play. And he's paid to play. And he just chooses not to. Stephen A. Smith was saying something really interesting on his show this morning. He said that Kyrie Irving runs his own practices after practice. How disrespectful is that to all the players, to Steve Nash especially? How disrespectful is that? Can you imagine coaching a Little League team and you get through an hour and a half, two-hour, tough, tough practice, and one of the players is like, nah, I mean, that wasn't enough for me. Uh, coach, you, you go ahead and leave, please, because like I, I want to run this myself. Like, that is super disrespectful to me. And that just shows the kind of guy Kyrie is. I have nothing against him personally. I just think that he's not focused on basketball. I don't know what the hell he's focused on. If you follow him on social media, it's hard to tell. Because it's just sporadic stuff all over the place. I really don't know. But I would not sign him to a long-term deal at all. There's no chance I would do that. The murmurs now, he's going to the Knicks, he's going to the Lakers. Um, both those are comedic to me. Uh, Kyrie Irving playing for Tom Thibodeau is something that I would pay to watch. Uh, Tom Thibodeau would bench his ass after five minutes, in my opinion, because Tom does not put up with anything. Uh, on the Lakers front, he would be reunited, reunited with LeBron. Um, that would be interesting, but at the same time, what do you do with Russ? How do you pay Kyrie Irving on top of Russell Westbrook's $47 million, LeBron's massive contract, and also AD's massive contract? I really don't know how either one of those two work, but granted, they both would be interesting. So now enough with all that Kyrie Irving, all that Golden State stuff. It is draft week. Let's get into that. Now that it's NBA draft time, there's nowhere else I go than theringer.com. I, I do look around just to see what everyone's thinking, but the ringer is my go-to. And that's because all of their graphics are really, really well done. And that matters to me. Somebody that makes TikToks every day, little stuff like that matters to me. But also, Kevin O'Connor is one of my favorite guys to listen to. And not only that, he does a really, really good job when it comes to mock drafts. And that's why I've chosen this one. He does an excellent job, as we'll see here. This is his mock draft. And number one to the Orlando Magic, he has Jabari Smith going number one. I would agree with him. I would definitely take Jabari Smith number one. Jabari and Chet have been rumored to go one and two for months now. It's a toss-up. As you can see here, he still doesn't even know. Uh, he's not 100% convinced that Magic will take Jabari. So we'll see what happens there. Um, there's even murmurs with Paolo going first. His, his betting odds have actually went up tremendously uh, to go number one now. So we'll see what happens. Jabari Smith is a no-brainer to me. He reminds me of a Kevin Durant type guy. He can pull up from anywhere. I was making a video about him yesterday and just watching his highlights. God, I just fall in love with the guy every time I watch him. His jumper is so pure. He knows his body. He can guard really any position. And not only that, when, when we're talking about with how positionless basketball is right now, Jabari's a guy you want to build in my career. Jabari's a guy you would want on your team to start a franchise with. 
And the Magic have so many lottery picks. They have so many lottery picks on their team right now. This guy would be by far the best to put alongside Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. And I don't know what they're going to do with Mo Bamba. They'll probably move off him. But Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, and Jabari Smith would be a good young core to really build around. Much less Franz Wagner still there as well. So I think I think this is a no-brainer for me, even though I, I could see it being one of three people, you know. Um, as we go into number two with the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, Chet Holmgren is the guy that Kev has going here. This is a guy that's a question mark to me. I know, I know to everyone else, he is the best thing ever. But my thing is the glaring thing. I mean, look at the picture of this guy. The weight thing concerns me. I watched him damn near foul out against Jalen Duran in the tournament. Jalen Duran is a big, big, bulky center from Memphis. And Jalen really bodied him the entire time. Chet is a perimeter version of Rudy Gobert. Uh, he's a great defender, but he can also has a capability to pull up from deep. He can actually handle the ball a lot better than most defensive centers. Um, he's He's been a prospect for a long, long time. I think he's going to be a, a good guy in this league. But health is always something I think about whenever I look at young seven-footers that haven't really grown into their size yet, that are raw offensively, that don't know how to move and control their body yet. I feel like Jabari knows how to do that. And Chet, he's flimsy to me. I watched a whole lot of him. He's an unbelievable, unbelievable defender and an unbelievable athlete. Just watching a seven-footer grab a rebound, go coast-to-coast coast and pull up for three is insane to me. But I don't know, man. I wouldn't. I'm glad the I'm glad the Grizzlies got the second pick when they did and were able to get John Morant because this this would scare me. This would scare me. His numbers are freaky. Like he says, he can shoot from the perimeter, shot blocking, off ball defense. It's all there. Everything you look for in a guy, but just this frame, man. That 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 really scares the hell out of me. And like he says, skinny frame hurts him as a post defender. He needs to get much stronger. Yeah, when you're guarding Joel and Nicola, that's going to be rough. But that's about it, man. That, his frame and injuries is the only thing that concerns with me. I mean, look at all these pluses. You have Amber Dextrous, shot blocker, turns defense into offense, just like I said. It's elite finisher. All right, coordinated. That's a little, okay. Let's move on to number three. Paulo Bancaro. This is a guy that's been heating up quite a bit lately. Everyone thought he's been going to go number three, and I think he will if I had to bet on it, but his stock has grown tremendously just in the past couple weeks. This is another guy that's 6'10". Um, he played for Coach K, so that's always a plus, but at the same time, he's got everything you want. His frame is already built. He was a great, great football player in high school as well. So he's NBA-ready right now. He is very NBA-ready. And his body is too. His shooting needs to catch up with him. That 32% from deep needs to uh, be better even at 6'10". But with the spacing out the floor, playing alongside Jalen Green really excites me about Paulo. I think Houston would be the perfect spot over number one and two, in my opinion. I think Paulo will excel in Houston. Uh, I'm not sure about Orlando. I'm not sure... Uh, how well he'd be in OKC. I could OKC, I could see it as well. But Houston, I, I really like that fit for Paolo. Now the number four pick is where the draft gets interesting to me because 
Sacramento's actively trying to get out of this position. They're a team that has Davion Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox. They traded Tyrese Halliburton for DeMontis Sabonis. They're in win-now mode. They do not want another lottery pick on their team, especially a guard. They've been trying to actively trade out of this. Jay Ivey hasn't even worked out for the Kings. That's the crazy part about it. The big question is who will get this number four pick because it will most likely be for Jay Ivey unless something drastic happens on draft day. But we could see this guy, he has been compared to the likes of John Morant. Kevin has him to... Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Victor Oladipo, just explosive, explosive guards. Um, his three-point shooting is a lot better than uh, a Ja Morant, but he, he's just very, very athletic. He can shoot. He can score. He's everything you look for when it comes to a 6'4 guard in this league. His highlight reel is absolutely insane. I strongly suggest you look at that. If you haven't looked at a Jaden Ivey highlight reel, you are missing out. Jaden Ivey will go top four. I just don't think it's the Sacramento. Outside of this top four is where it really starts to get crazy. Kevin O'Connor has Benedict Matherin going five. Keegan Murray going six. Uh, Kings are actually a team we we're just talking about. The Kings are really interested in Keegan Murray. Uh, that should be very interesting. Keegan Murray... I mean, he just averaged an outrageous amount of points last year, which over 23 a game. Who knows if he uh, falls to six, I could see him going top five easily. Shaden Sharp is the question mark of this draft. He did not play at all for Kentucky last year. Um, he sat out. He's only 19 years old. There's a lot of potential there. His comps, to me, are a little overboard. I mean, how do you know? This guy hasn't played college basketball. It's Paul George, Bradley Beal, and Jalen Green. I mean, come on. I mean, that's, that's a little ridiculous. He was a excellent, excellent, excellent high school player. Granted, why he got an offer from Kentucky, but he's going to have to prove that in the NBA. If this guy is fantastic, I would believe it. If he was a bust, I would believe it too. We will see what Shaden Sharp turns into. He's the most interesting guy in this draft, in my opinion. Then as we get further down, Dyson Daniels goes 8. Johnny Davis goes 10, a guy from Wisconsin. His commercial's been running a lot lately. He averaged 20 a game. Really great defender. Jalen Duran, a Memphis kid, which I am from Memphis, so this uh, affects me. I think that would be a great pick for the Knicks. As Kev says, Mitchell Robinson's a free agent. Uh, who knows what the hell they're going to do with Julius Randle. I think that's a great, great pickup for New York if they decide not to trade for a star. As we get deeper in this draft, notable guys like A.J. Griffin, he has going to the Hornets. Uh, that would be a perfect fit alongside LaMelo. This is a guy I really liked. I watched a whole lot of Kansas last year. Abaji is just a great, great player. He's older at 22. That's why a lot of people have him falling to 14. But if you look at his numbers, I mean, 41% from three-point range and nearly 20 points a game. That he, He's a great, great player lock of a player he reminds me of a Desmond Bain where you know what he is and you know he's going to be a good player in the NBA people are just shy of this 22 age range for some reason and I could see him fall into 14 very easily if not farther but I, as a Grizzlies fan we are at 22 and 29 I would love to trade up and get this guy right here shades of Jay Crowder is ridiculous to me I, I hate to keep ripping Kev he does an amazing job but my god Let's move on. Uh, Mark Williams at big center for Duke going to Charlotte. My God, they need a center badly. I, I guess if they, they want to go to a rookie to try to get that, I would pursue DeAndre Ayton before I did anything. If I was Charlotte, pursue him or Capella. We will see. 
Uh, as we get deeper in this draft, just looking for looking for standouts. Ty Ty Washington. Now, if I was to choose a still of the draft from this mock, it would be Kennedy Chandler at 27. Um, the Miami Heat would be a perfect fit for him because there'd be no pressure for a young 19-year-old one-and-done college player to come play in that culture. They would nurture him and slowly develop him into whatever role they want, whether that is to back up Kyle Lowry or back up someone else if they move off Kyle. I think this would be a great, great fit for Kennedy. He's a small, small point guard. He's just listed at 5'11 and a half. He got better as the year went on last year. He had a rough start to the season, as most freshmen do. And once he got accommodated, he slowly became one of the best guys on that team who won an SEC championship. And my big thing with Kennedy, he's a winner at every level. He's won in high school. He's won conference championships in college. This would be my steal of the draft. Thank you guys so much for watching my first ever video. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a comment on what you thought, what you think about the draft, and what you want your team to do. I will reply to every single one of those as I do on TikTok. Be sure to follow on TikTok. We are about to hit 25K. That is so, so exciting. I will be dropping a video tomorrow night as well, and we will go through potential draft day trades if they haven't happened. Tomorrow is the day before the draft, so we will jump into all of that. I hope you have a great, great night, my friend.